Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Good morning, everybody. Today, uh, we are going to be diving into week four of Paper Walls, a series where we've been talking about letting go of the things that hold us back, being able to move beyond stuff that holds us back. Now, here's how I want to begin this morning. Maybe you have heard this saying before. There are two kinds of people in this world, people who make a difference and people who make excuses, okay? You ever heard that one before, maybe? It's kind of attributed to many different people, some to Mark Twain, some to others. But the follow-up question we got to ask when we hear a statement like that, which kind of person do you want to be, all right? Which category, which circle of people do you want to be in? The kind of person who makes the world better, that makes the people around them better? Or do you want to be the kind of person who, frankly, hides behind paper walls? hides behind excuses in their life, but maybe they don't say it's an excuse. They say, oh, no, 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 this is my reason for why I don't step forward. Here's the reason why I don't do the, do the things that I, maybe I probably should do, but I've got a good reason for it. This reason is really just uh, a, an excuse that is disguised. It's dressed up like a reason. And we've been telling it so long, we have so completely believed it, that we forgot that it's actually just an excuse. Now, this has been a series over the last several weeks to leave behind the things that are holding you back, to leave those things behind, like, or namely, excuses. We've been talking a lot about excuses, and that excuses are an awful lot like paper walls. And from far away, the paper wall can almost look like a real wall. It looks legitimate. It looks impenetrable. It looks like a reason. And that's the way most excuses work. Until you get up close and you go, wait a minute, this is not a reason. This is just a flimsy excuse. I can see right through this thing, right? And what's crazy is it's so much easier to see flimsy excuses in other people's lives than in our own. And when people call us out on them, we go, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm not giving you a flimsy excuse. This is a real reason. But I want you today to begin to examine those excuses that you have been giving yourself and to other people why you don't take a step forward, specifically spiritually. As we get into the second month of this new year, what might God want to do in your life? And what, really what we're talking about here is combating lies and deceptions that we believe. We're combating it with the truth. And the Apostle Paul in the New Testament calls this spiritual warfare. This spiritual warfare at its fundamental base, its foundation, is a, is a battle between lies and deceptions and the truth. As a matter of fact, Jesus called it as much. In John chapter 8, he said, the devil is the father of lies, and he's been lying since the beginning. It is the currency that he trades in. This is how he manipulates people. He uses lies, deceptions. He gets people to so completely believe them that they act as if it is the truth. 
We'll even say, well, that's your truth, and that's my, this is my truth, and that's everybody's got different truth. Jesus didn't treat truth like that. He treated it as objective. There's a reality. There is a fundamental, just like this foundation that we're all sitting on isn't negotiable. It is there. It is, it is immovable. There is a truth that we can, a bedrock that we can build on, he says. And here's what the Apostle Paul says when it comes to the lies and deceptions that we're believing about ourselves. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, he gives us a beautiful action step for how to treat, how to handle the deceptions that come into our life. Here's what he says, and if you would, let's read the highlighted words together. Why? Because it's more fun. Okay, listen. <laughs> we demolish. What do we demolish? We demolish arguments. These thought patterns that we all tend to believe in, that we hold onto. We're demolishing these thought patterns and every pretension, what does it mean when someone is pretentious? It means that they're acting more important than they are. They're just a private, but they're acting like a five-star general. They haven't earned this, but they're acting like it's theirs, right? That's pretentious. He's saying that these thought patterns, these arguments, and every kind of construct in our mind that is actually a deception it's a lie but it's dressed up so pretty like it's a it's a truth it's dressed up like a deception and people have so completely believed it they're now basing their life on a lie and there will come a time when that lie just like all lies it's going to hurt people it will bring pain and suffering every time that's what sin does. That's just what sin does. It's part of the reason why Jesus says, turn from it, turn to me. I am the truth, the way, the truth, and the life. And this is why he always used this metaphor of darkness and light. Darkness representing lies and deception. Light is the truth. I'm calling you out of the darkness into the light. I'm calling you to trust and to believe. We all have arguments and pretensions in our minds that we're trusting in, we're believing in, that are not true, that are misguiding our lives at times, that will cause us to parent incorrectly. And to leave. we love our kids. We don't want to misguide them. We will if we don't root these things out. We, we, it, there are times where these will cause our marriages to crumble and fall apart if we're not careful. He says, I, I want you to pay attention to the arguments, these, these, these um, idea structures and patterns and these pretensions that set themselves up against the knowledge of God. They set themselves up against the knowledge. That sounds like a wall, doesn't it? Because it is. It's a paper wall. They're not real. It's not really the truth. It's, it's not really a reason. It's a flimsy excuse, he's saying. It's a lie. It's a deception. We've believed about ourselves, about maybe about other people. He says, so here's how you combat that. Here's how you do it. We take captive. We take captive. We, we examine it closely. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And later, the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 12, he says the way in which, the secret in which people are transformed into the image of God is by the renewing of their minds. This is the battleground, ladies and gentlemen. We want to we think it's always out there, out there, out there. It's what you are believing between your ears. And me too. It's what we're believing. Are we willing to trust 
God and his truth is so important because when we start to trust what God has said, it gets us on a completely different trajectory. So if you're a Christian and you are participating in his new covenant, um, that he has called us to trust him, to trust his truth. And I want to encourage you today to really double down on that commitment today. So here's the question I want to ask you to really think about. This is going to get right up in your business. I'm going to tell you ahead of time, all right? Is it possible, is it possible that you're missing out, you're missing out on life, you're missing out on what God wants to do in your life because you have walled yourself in with well-crafted excuses that you're passing off as reasons. Well, here's my reasons. Here's my reasons. And my reasons um, tend to manifest themselves as becauses, becauses. They come, that's how they tend, they tend to come out. And uh, they tend to um, manifest themselves in our conversations. But the question is, how does this tend to happen? Like, how do these, uh, these excuses, these lies, work their way into our lives? And here's how. Most excuses are based on fear. They're based on fear. You see, the lies, Satan knows that the way to manipulate people is just play on their fears. That'll get, that'll get them to submit real fast. Now, let me tell you one that happened for me recently, and I called myself out on it. We had a couple of weeks ago uh, our first men's night, um, and I, one of the first things I shared with the guys when I came out, I said, like, listen, guys, I, I just want to say something up front. Um, one of my paper walls that I kind of hid behind for a long time is I thought, you know, having a men's night, like, who's going to show up? right? Who, who's going to show up? Really deep down, like that was the reason I gave. I thought, These guys are too busy. They, wouldn't, they probably won't even come to this kind of thing. But deep down, it was really a fear. It was a fear of failure, okay? Can I just be really honest with you? And, and ladies, I know this is hard for you to admit. Guys, let's be honest. It's probably harder for us because pride gets in the way, right? It is. It's hard. Fear of failure is one of the most difficult things to admit, to admit to yourself, to admit to someone else, especially when we have been lying to ourselves. When we've been lying to ourselves. You see, God uses um, his truth to help correct these lies that we tend to believe in and that get us completely off course. Now that night, it was crazy. I walked out here and it was like wall to wall men back up in here enjoying barbecue and it was beautiful. And we had about 156 of these guys that went pro with their faith and which is, which is simply just going from amateur, like I'm, I'm gonna weekend warrior it a little bit to 24 seven, I'm living this out, I'm gonna do this. 156 guys that said, I wanna take that next step spiritually. They had 90 guys say, I want to get plugged into a men's small group. I want to get, I want to have accountability. I want to make sure that this sustained spiritual growth is something that I carry with me going forward. And we had seven men for the first time surrender their life to Christ, become followers of Jesus Christ that night. It was an incredible night. And it was all God's glory to God's glory. I share that with you to say that many times fear can cause us, if we believe it, it will cause us to, to believe lies about ourselves. I was believing a lie about my, I was believing a lie about what God could pull off, what he could do in spite of me, okay? Right? And what happens is that when we start to believe that, 
that the lie, the deception, the, the, the excuse is now calling the shots in your life and in mine. Even though we may proclaim Jesus as king, let's be honest, functionally, excuse is king. Excuse is running the show. Excuse is the Lord. Excuse is the boss. Excuse is the tyrant that tells you what you can and can't do, what you will and won't try, where, you won't, where, you, where you'll step out and where you won't step out because, whoa, what, what might happen? What might people think? I might fail. Our apprehension, our insecurities of what people might think about us or what people have said to us in the past, it dogs our steps. No more. I hope that today you can experience a huge breakthrough. And one of the places that we can discover where that's happening in our life is pay attention to your conversations. It comes out in our becauses, our becauses. When you say, well, when somebody says, well, hey, why, why did you quit that? Why did you quit doing that? Well, because, you know, I've got, I've got a reason, you know. Why do you keep procrastinating? Why, do you, you, why don't you re-engage? Why don't you try? Well, because. Why don't you forgive them? Right? Don't you think you ought to forgive people? Yeah, I mean, but let me tell you, I've got a good reason. Let me tell you the story. Why they don't deserve it, Right? Why? why? Why don't you give? Why don't you serve? Why don't you get plugged into a small group, right? We all have our becauses. Well, it's, you know, we're too busy. You know, we don't, we don't have time. And I get it. Sometimes seasons of life, it, it, you are busy. I'm not trying to say you're not, but I'm just saying sometimes if we dig a little deeper, the excuse is very flimsy. It's something that it's, it's, it's not as insurmountable as we treat it. It's something we could get past, you see, becauses will cause you to miss out on God's plan for you. The Apostle Paul said it this way in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. He said this, he says, For we, followers of Jesus Christ, disciples of Jesus, we are God's, let's say it together, God's masterpiece. The Greek word poema, we get our word poem from. It's masterfully assembled, a masterpiece. Every paint stroke of this painting was intentionally put in a precisely the right place. Even if we didn't intend it, God can use it all in our life. It's beautiful. You see, all of God's creation is his masterpiece. In other words, he has purpose and meaning and a plan behind all of it. And Paul goes on to say, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, right? In Christ Jesus, in other words, in this new covenant in Christ, he's called us to live not for ourselves, but for him as we serve our brothers and sisters around us. In, in, in other words, he's called us to begin to live a life of love to others. As a matter of fact, one of the, the biggest challenges Jesus gave right before the cross, this is in John chapter 13, verses 34 and 35, he calls all of his disciples at that time together, and he says, okay, listen, a new command I give you, to love one another. Now, that was not a new command, but the next part was, as I have loved you, so you must love one another, and by this, by this loving one another, all people will know, all ethnos, all ethnicity, all people groups of the world will know that you are my disciples, that you're followers of me. It is a life lived in service of other people. He's showing us the most joyful, peaceful, loving way to live, but it causes us to confront our excuses 
Because we'll always have an excuse why, oh, you know, I don't want to get up in their business. I don't want to be like, oh, I don't want to be pushy. I don't want to, you know, they don't really want that. I don't really know. We always have excuses why we can't, we shouldn't. Paul goes on to say, he says, he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things. God has planned good things for you. The good things he planned for us long ago. Did you know that God has a plan for your life? And this plan includes good things, service unto others, to, to, to help you to begin to live your life in a way that shows graciousness and gratitude to God. We just sing about that in that last song, gratitude. But gratitude to God by serving and showing love to our brothers and sisters around us, right? God has something for you to do, something that goes beyond you to bless other people. Now, I know for some of you may be pushing back saying, well, I'm not sure that really applies to me. Uh, This sounds like great for people that are like all gung-ho for Jesus, but I'm not sure. I'm not quite there. Let me just ask you to consider a couple of questions. What if God has a plan for your life? He's your creator, He also created a masterpiece in you that has a complementary plan to bring out the best in you. And without the plan, you don't get the masterpiece. You don't get to see it. You miss out on it. What if that were true? What if you're missing out because you're excusing away his plan? You're excusing away your marriage, your relationship with your kids. You're excusing away your opportunity to be an influence in your kid's life, to show them Jesus, to point them to the truth. You're excusing away the future that God created you, excusing away your faith, excusing away being a part of the body of Christ. We're excusing it away. And why are we doing that? Because of our fear. We're afraid. We're afraid of failure. We're afraid our insecurities get all mixed up in there. We're, we're afraid of what other people have said. We're just afraid that like, well, if I give too much time, then I won't have time to do what I want to do. My will won't get done if I try too, too hard to do his will. We wouldn't say it that way. That sounds so sacrilegious, but let's be honest. That's how we live sometimes. And Paul is helping us to see, listen, you've been made a masterpiece so that you might do good things that he has planned for you from a long, long, way before you ever showed up on this planet. That he wants you to be, he's inviting you into his plan. What if these excuses are simply holding back, holding you back from what God created you to be? Now this is going to sound kind of offensive, But when you think about excuses and what they do to us, excuses are just a subtle way of not taking responsibility for our lives. It's saying, oh, no, no, it's not my fault. It's it's, 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 it's somebody else's fault. It's a situation. It's society. It's it's somebody, I can't, no, no, I'm, I'm opting out because, but it's just an excuse. Let's be honest. And I just want to encourage you over these next few minutes, I'm going to share with you five steps to punching through your paper wall, your excuses, your go-tos over and over and over. It's not going to be easy what I'm about to talk to you about, but if you put it into practice, guys, this could be one of the greatest spiritual breakthroughs you have ever experienced in your life. 
It might be the thing that you inadvertently been praying for for a long time, but scared to take a step in that direction for fear of, you know, losing control or what might happen. And it's scary, right? But you taking that step might be the answer to a whole lot of people around you. They're all thinking, finally, she sees it. Finally, he sees it. He's been living behind this flimsy excuse for so long, right? But I want to invite you to take these five steps with me today. So here's step one. Step one is identify. Identify the excuse. You cannot turn from, repent of, walk away from an excuse you have not identified. Like You have to know what it is. What is the excuse? Think about it. Where are your becauses? Pay attention to your becauses. Where do they tend to come out? Where are the quote-unquote reasons that you give for why you can't take step forward, why you don't get plugged into a small group, you don't serve, you don't give, you don't, what are those reasons? What are the reasons that you keep giving? I can't because, I can't talk to them anymore, I don't talk to them anymore, and here's why, right? I don't go to church because or I don't go more, I don't believe. I want you to write them down. What are the reasons that you're giving? What are the, the becauses? What are the excuses, to be honest? W- write them down. Where are you becausing all over yourself, okay? It's true. Becausing, watch out. There's a big because right behind you, okay? Oh, pardon me, my because got in the way, all right? Yeah. <laughs> We all have done that, right? Okay, step one, identify. You gotta identify it if you're gonna turn from it. Step two, interrogate. I want you to, here's what I mean by that. I want you to ask why. Why? Why do I make this excuse? Why is this my go-to? Why am I so afraid? Who am I so afraid of? Am I just being lazy? Am I just being selfish? Why do I keep doing this? Why am I so insecure? Why is I, I always pump the brakes every time I'm about to take the step. No, 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 I can't. That's not for me. I just, you know, listen, and I want to encourage you, don't move ahead in the next step until you identify why. Find a, this is the reason, this is why I do this. This will help distinguish between actual brick walls and paper walls that you have been walling yourself in with. It'll show you the difference between excuses and actual reasons in your life. Because here's what happens. When you take an excuse and you drag it out into the light and you start to examine it, you start to probe it, you start to, um, to, uh, to you know, as, Jesus, as Paul would say, to, um, to captivate, you know, to capture these ideas and to make them submit to Jesus Christ. What happens is excuses always shrink They always look more and more flimsy. They look weak. They look like something that is easy to walk away from. That's what the light always does to the darkness. It makes it shrink back. Encourage you to drag it out. Here's number three. I want you to relabel. Relabel what you have been calling an excuse. In other words, I want you to say out loud, that's not a reason. That's an excuse. All right? Write it down, like write down. Here's what I've been excusing, and here's the reason why, right? And then I want you to be able to say this out loud. As a matter of fact, I'd like us to practice together right now, okay? We're gonna say this together. That's not a reason, that's an excuse. Ready? One, two, three. That's not a reason, that's an excuse. 
Okay, we're going to do it one more time. Raise the volume just a little bit, all right? One, two, three. That's not a reason. That's an excuse. That's right. Call yourself out on it. And once you get good at calling yourself out on it, graciously, kindly, lovingly, you can do this for other people, all right? <laughs> Show them, hey, I love you, but I love you too much to let you live behind the prison walls of this paper wall of excuses that you've been living behind. You're, you're, you're capable of so much. You're, you've been created as a masterpiece to do so much more, but you, your fear has got you locked into this prison cell. I want you to say that out loud. Now, here's the interesting thing. We, what you will begin to discover is it's just a paper wall. And from, in my own, when I get real personal, it's a paper wall that I built, that Will Lewis built. It's a paper wall I built. Guess what? If it's a paper wall I built, if I built it, I can tear it down. That is exactly the Apostle Paul's point. So you can begin to say, oh, wow, this thing actually comes down pretty easy. Well, I don't want to live behind that anymore. That's nothing to live behind, right? And it's really interesting because it's like you realize I'm not a victim to this. I don't have to live as a slave to this. I don't have to be a prisoner to this anymore, to my past, to my failures, to my fears, I am God's, you are God's masterpiece. Just download that in your brain and in your heart right now. You are God's masterpiece. Maybe just say it quietly. I am God's masterpiece. I'm God's masterpiece created by God with a plan, a purpose, and, and, and here's the beautiful next part of the breakthrough. It's praying out loud. I choose your purpose over my excuse. I choose your purpose over my excuse. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want my kids seeing me living like this anymore. I don't want my friends. I don't want anybody. God, most of all, I don't want you to see me constantly bowing down to this excuse over and over and over. Now the truth will begin to set you free. And that you are free now to love, to serve, to give, to be fully who God created you to be. And now you're ready for your breakthrough, right? And here's step four. Asking the question, what do I lose if I continue to excuse? What do I, if I don't tear the wall down and I don't take a step forward, because Jesus is always going to say, this way, if you want to know the way forward spiritually, it's always going to be through the paper wall. It's going to be through the excuse. And on the other side, you'll find there's a whole other life that you didn't even know existed for you. That's how his kingdom works. He's always going to call you into the stuff that is going to require a great deal of patience and, and courage and faith to be able to move forward. So I want to invite you, challenge you to ask this question, what do I lose if I continue to excuse? I want you to list the consequences. If I continue to excuse my behavior, if I keep procrastinating, if I keep putting this off, if I keep acting like it's optional, it's really not a big deal, what's at stake here? What will you give up in the long run? Who do you give up in the long run? Who or what are you missing out on? All right? What... Um, is that one excuse costing you? Whose respect will you lose in the long run 
if you keep excusing. Here's what we will discover. And, and this, is, this is heartbreaking because so many people don't see this. They don't ever get to this place. But they, you'll finally realize the price is just too darn high for me to hold on to that excuse. I can't. It's not worth it. The stakes are too high. I'm not willing to let that be the legacy, the heritage, the memory of you once you're gone from this planet. You know, really love the guy. But he just lived as a slave to his excuses. She just lived as a prisoner to this one excuse over and over and over. You don't have to live like that. In the areas of life that matter most, we don't get do-overs. There's only so much time. There's only so much opportunity. And when it's gone, it's gone. Make the most of every opportunity that God has given you. Don't squander them, right? And here's number five. Tell somebody. Share this with somebody. This may be one of the more challenging and difficult parts of it, but I want you to confess this excuse. Really, it's a lie. It's a deception. You were believing about you. Confess it. Share it with somebody. Somebody that will pray for you. In James chapter 5, verse 15, or 16, here's what James said. Half-brother Jesus. He says, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be, let's say it together, may be healed. He's showing us there's a deep soul-level healing that comes from confession. I've been living under this lie, this deception, this excuse. I talked myself into believing it was a real wall. It's actually a paper wall. It's flimsy. It was ridiculous that I let myself be a prisoner to it so long. But I want to ask you to pray for me. Would you please pray for me that I won't fall back into that? I need to confess that to somebody. Find somebody, a believer, somebody that you can trust, that loves you, cares for you, that will pray for you. Because James says this next. He says, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. There is a great power, a healing that comes from sharing this with somebody. Now, I want you to just imagine with me for just a minute. If just those of us in this room decided, that's it, I'm sick of it, I'm not going to live as a slave, as a prisoner to my excuses anymore. I'm leaving here today, and I'm going to bust through that paper wall. I'm going to confess it, identify where it's coming from, give it over to God. I'm going to relabel it. I'm going I'm to follow Jesus right through the middle of that thing. And you decided that, right? You decided that. That you're going to come clean about your excuses. You're not going to live like that any longer, right? We decided that as a community. What if we decided that as the Brazos Valley? What would that do to change our community? We all owned our excuses? What? What if we did that as a state, as a nation, especially in an election year? What? That would be crazy, right? What, what would it do to our world? If everybody started doing this, how it would radically change the whole way in which we interact as human beings. And ladies and gentlemen, that is exactly what Jesus invites us into. This is the kingdom of God we're talking about. He is inviting us to live free for the first time of our lives, no longer slaves to the lies, deceptions, and excuses that we have chained ourselves to things we have believed that were told to us years ago. And some of the stuff we just adopted, we held on to, and it's false. 
It's arguments and pretension that has set itself up against the knowledge of God. And we need to take captive every one of these thoughts and make them obedient to Jesus Christ. And this is the path to freedom. John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, we looked at this last week. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples, my followers, right? If you remain faithful to my teachings, like you, take, you treat it like it's truth. Like it's, it is the absolute objective moral reality you can build your life on, right? The wise man built his house on the rock, and to Jesus, building your house on the rock was taking what he said and putting it into practice. Go look it up, Matthew chapter 7, all right? He says, this is it. This is freedom, right? He says, and you will know the truth. You will shine light in the darkness, and the truth, that light, will set you free. One more time, a little bit more gusto. It will set you free. That's right. Just saying that out loud, I'll finally be free. That's awesome. That's what he wants for you. That's that's what Jesus came to do, to set you free. And even a lot of self-proclaiming Christians don't live like this. I want to invite you today that you would be willing to say, I'm going to take this step towards the Lord. I want to no longer be identified with and dogged by and dictated to by my excuses. I'm not going to excuse my life away. I'm not going to excuse my kids away, my marriage away, my my walk with God away, my future. I'm not going to do it anymore. I'm done. It's too high a price to pay. I don't want to pay it. Your creator has created you in his image as a masterpiece. He has planned beautiful things for you to do that will require you to get outside of you and begin to love and care for and serve other people. And any obstacle that gets in the way of God's plan, His will for you, anything, we need to get rid of it. We need to tear it out of the way. We need to decide no more excuses. Why? Because it is true. There are two kinds of people in this world. Those who make a difference and those who make excuses. And that first group is a much smaller circle. Let's make sure all of us are in it, okay? Here's the prayer I'm asking you to pray with me. Jesus, I wanna, I, want to see, uh, I wanna see me the way that you see me so that I can be who you created me to be for the sake of the people around me so that I can love them the way Jesus loves me. I choose your truth over my excuses. Thank you for setting me free. Right now, I wanna invite you right where you sit you go with me in prayer right now? And in this prayer, I'm going to ask you to take that step of saying, God, I'm laying down excuses. I want to encourage you to go back and take these five steps and take them seriously and walk through them in prayer with the Lord. But right now, all across this room, would you just come before the Lord right now and just say, God, I want to see me, maybe for the first time, the way you see me. Help me to begin to see me as a masterpiece You've got a plan for my life. You have purpose and meaning for me to fulfill. But I will never know it as long as I'm chasing after Will's will for my life and not your will. God, right now all across this room, would you, 
every person, would you just be willing to say, God, right now, I am saying it out loud. I'm praying it to you. I choose your will, your truth over my excuses. Would you tell him that right now? I want your truth over my excuses. If right now you're laying down some excuses and you're saying, God, I'm choosing your truth. I'm choosing you over these excuses. I'm not going to follow King excuse anymore. I want to follow King Jesus, my creator. I would love to pray for you right now. If you're making that commitment right now, would you just, as our heads bows, eyes closed, just raise your hand right now all across this room. I'm choosing King Jesus over King excuse. I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm tired. I don't want to live like this anymore. I want 2024 to be a brand new chapter, brand new time. A new step forward, a stretching, faith-stretching moment in my walk, my pilgrimage with you, Jesus. Thank you for all the hands. God, may we follow you. We trust you. And stop pumping the brakes every time you call us to follow. But we'd be willing to bust through that paper wall that we made for ourselves. Help us not to be dogged by fear, insecurities, and what people might think any longer. You may put your hands down. And right now, while we're still in a moment of prayer, for those of you in the room, that you know there's a tug on your heart. Your soul is thirsty for God. There's a longing to have this relationship with God, and maybe you don't have it. You've never had it. You've been in and out of church, religious gatherings your whole life, but you've never started a relationship with God. And today's the day. Would you just consider that right now? Today's the day. Now is the time. Don't put it off. Don't let excuses talk you out of what God is trying to talk you into, what God has brought you here for today. Would you just right now pray to the, to the Father. Just say, Lord Jesus, I am inviting you into my life right now to forgive my sin and be the Lord, the King of my life. No more will I try to be king. No more will I let excuses be king. I'm choosing you to be king of me. I'm surrendering it all to you for the very first time today. If right now you're surrendering it all for the very first time to Jesus, you're claiming Jesus as your king for the first time, I'd love to pray for you right now. Would you just raise your hands as an act of obedience, an act of faith right now? Raise them up high. I'm giving my life over to Jesus. God bless you, ma'am, right there. Anybody else giving it all over to Jesus Christ? Up there, I see the two of you in that section. Praise God. Anybody else giving their life to Christ today? Anybody on the, over here? God bless you, sir. I see you right over there by the wall. And right back here on the very back row, I see you. God bless you right there. And right here in the center section, God bless you. And right back over here, thank you. Father, thank you for touching our hearts today. Thank you, God, for leading people out of the darkness into the light to trust you for the forgiveness of sin, to be the Lord of their life. May they become disciples follow you. I want to encourage you if you're making this decision today to share this with somebody. Go by our Welcome Center. Share it with us. We have a gift we'd love to share with you. Help you to take next steps to get started in your faith. God, we thank you. We praise you for what you've done here today from the baptisms to the life change to the challenge to lay down and set aside excuses 
and step forward in faith with you and your truth. We praise you for the freedom that only you can give, Jesus. We pray it all in the amazing name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.